The Lucky Few Podcast is sponsored today by Little Passports, the perfect holiday gift for that curious kid on your list. With a subscription to Little Passports, kids get a fun-filled package each month designed to inspire their curiosity in geography, world, cultures, or science for kids of all ages. Find special holiday offers and order today for holiday delivery at littlepassports.com slash lucky. Hey friends, welcome to the Lucky Few podcast where we are shifting the narrative by shouting the worth of people with Down syndrome. This is Heather, Mercedes, and Micah. And this is our final episode of season two, friends. Can you believe it? I can't. Girls. Believe it. I can't. I have a tear <laughs> in my eye. It's wild. <laughs> we did 10 episodes and it's season two and I feel like we just started and now there's going to be a season three, which we'll talk about later. But yeah. can you believe that we did this? We are rolling. Yes. I love it. And so this this episode, friends, what we want to do is we want to go ahead and chat about some of the things that we've learned, some of the things that we've loved, um, some of our greatest takeaway. I think this season was on fire. It was lit. It was whatever the slogans are. <laughs> <laughs> we're so cool. So, I don't know. Like, we're cool. working on it. Um, so we're going to talk about that. And then we have some question and answer. You know, that's our favorite thing, Q&A. Mm-hmm. So people have asked some questions that we're going to talk about and give our opinions on. And we are so glad that you're here at the Lucky Few Podcast. Okay, friends, so let's talk about our favorite episodes. Um, mm-hmm. And we got a lot of feedback from people on certain episodes. Mm-hmm. And we started so freaking strong with Kristen Enriquez and Oh, my inclusion. goodness. Yes. Right? What did you guys learn? What was your favorite moments from that episode, those episodes? Her whole thought process about um, access and what what is it opportunity and opportunity Opportunity. i just love (laughs) that whole um (laughs) narrative shift from inclusion to access and opportunity i felt like that was a game changer eye-opener like life moment for me you're right my aha moment Yes, yes. We're, we're just, just channeling Oprah. Oprah. We're channeling <laughs> Oprah. Over. You get Oprah. an aha moment. Yeah. You get and an aha you moment. Get an aha <laughs> moment. <laughs> you get access. You get opportunity. Yes. And Oprah, if you're listening, when that time comes, we'd love to have you on. <laughs> Oprah. Oprah, we love you. <laughs> also, okay, back okay, to you. Yes. So we took access and opportunity. And then, of course, the other takeaway for sure was inclusion is not a favor was that the word a favor it's yes. a civil white right civil right yes yeah. and how often right. have you sat in iep meetings and felt like please you guys come on let's just do this let's just try it right. i know that my yeah. kid doesn't really deserve it and then right. to shift in your mind like to sit in front of a group and say oh no this is this is what we're doing right um it has it has been so good for me because it was at the beginning of the season and we are at a new school with Mason, with all the kids. And so that means new IEPs and new inclusive practices. And um, we've had 
some ma- major IEP meetings for Mason, mm-hmm. and one of them was her triennial, which, as you guys know, and, and for the listeners who don't, um, it's every three years you have a triennial, three years, and they do big assessments to see where your kid is at. And so they, I mean, we just had ours. So it's like every service that Mason's getting, so speech, OT, assistive technology, APE, and then a huge school psychologist. The psychologist is a huge test finding out where they're at. And so the, and then the way the IEP goes, our levels are supposed to drive, um, so those assessments shows present levels, present levels drive goals, goals drive placement. Mm. And so going into this meeting, I, you know, we get all the assessments back. Mason's 10 years old. She tests at like a four-year-old in most areas Mm. and academically, especially. Mm -hmm. And so I just had said, sent an email out to the team and said, thank you so much for these test results and for all your hard work. Um, you know, we know that this is not a fair representation of who Mason is. This is just one piece of it. Mm-hmm. And because we know that Mason will be in an inclusive classroom, then let's not waste a lot of time talking about placement. Like that mm-hmm. we're going to recognize that this does not this does not equal her placement. Mm-hmm. Where she's at academically, That's awesome. where she tests does not equal placement because she deserves and it's a civil right for her to be in the general ed classroom. Mm-hmm. So I just said that out front, up front to the team and I wouldn't have done that a couple years ago. Right. And the team was like, thank you for saying that. It's such a good reminder. And they all, they all accepted that. Oh, That's awesome. I love I that. I know. I know. So that, yes, Kristen, Kristen, we love you. Yes. And her gentle, I, I felt like it was the perfect combination. Her approach and the way she speaks is with confidence um, and also in a way gentleness, like you don't feel threatened. You don't feel yeah. like she's being, uh, what's it called? Like steamrolling the situation. Um, but she speaks with confidence and authority and I don't know. I just, her whole approach is the approach that I hope to embody and I hope to, um, be able to go into one of those meetings and portray like confidence, yeah. assertiveness, and kind of, this is black and white and. And speak yeah. at it, speak at it in love as well, and like yeah. in a caring way. I don't know. Totally, I loved it. It's so true, and I think that um, she talked about like you had asked a question about people bringing treats or not to. Oh IEPs, yeah, and that her <laughs> whole thing about that was, that's fine, whatever, do what you're going to do, but make sure that you're spending the time preparing for yeah. an IEP, make sure not you preparing know treats. Stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there's no way around it, which is is kind of the bummer for all of us walking into an IEP, you have to do the hard work. And it. Yeah. And for us, it's been hours and hours of tedious, like combing through IEPs, learning the mm. laws, figuring out our rights, sitting down with people who know those things. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's how you sit down in a meeting and say, oh, this is actually what we're doing with authority mm-hmm. and confidence because you know your stuff. Right. Yeah. She talked about that. I, I actually IEPs. loved that part too because I always feel like, is that going to give me the extra edge if I come in with a goodie bag for everybody. <laughs> right, right. No, I'm just going to learn my stuff because I got to either yeah. do one or the yeah. other well. <laughs> so yes. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Some type A moms can do both. And can you do, do both. you, girl. Thank you. <laughs> I found you me. can also just stop at the store and get a, a thing of croissants. That's perfect. And not make them yourself. Yes. I need You're not making study. homemade croissants every day. No, not, <laughs> not, not me, girl. <laughs> This morning I did. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> all right. What else, ladies? What's something that stood out to you this season that you loved? Ooh. Uh, and let's see. Oh, man. Kayla. Oh. K- 
Kayla. I was just talking. I was just talking to my friend Melinda about Kayla this morning. Oh my goodness, she's so good. She's so good. And what a um, I just feel like the, the Kayla is the example that I want to share with Sunflower of an adult mm-hmm. with Down syndrome who's a self advocate, um, who is in the workforce and fighting for the rights of her community in um in a big way and she's like a cool girl she's so fun and she's so smart and well-spoken it just gets me excited because i get to point sunflower um to heroes that are just like her and it's exciting i just love that and kayla the way she talked and i it makes me excited for the adult years for sunflower just like what it will bring conversation a little bit of silliness and a lot of great conversation and how kayla talked about her parents so lovingly broke me i was like oh my gosh (laughs) i was a mess i didn't talk for like 10 minutes i was like no (laughs) i can't it's just so beautiful and um what i signed up for so if you're a new mom getting this diagnosis and dad you're you're like get excited get so excited because i get so excited about the future of, Same. Um, so awesome. My kid. I felt like. Syndrome. Yeah, I felt like when we were talking to her, it was the thing that kept going through my head was like, what did her parents do to instill such confidence? Hmm. To instill such like a, um, I you know the her vocabulary, her articulation, her sense of humor, mm-hmm. I all of those things that I yeah. I loved the reminder that 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 who like the as we instill in our kid um, our values and the things that we're excited about um, our child with Down syndrome takes those in too. You know, I think it's so easy yeah. to 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 get kind of stuck in this like this Down syndrome diagnosis means that your child is going to be a specific way mm-hmm. and um and really just like any other child your child with down syndrome is becoming the is is being formed out of so much around them mm-hmm. like the your family's sense of humor the way that you talk the way that your family loves to read or you know whatever it is mm-hmm. that um i'm i'm <coughs> super excited to see who Ace is going to be and how much he's going to share the same personality traits that his brothers share Mm, because of growing up in the same house. Yeah. Yeah. That's so sweet. And Kayla said something towards the end of the interview (laughs) that I can't quote exactly, but listeners, and I'm going to do this, go back and listen to episode eight. It's with Kayla McEwen. And she said something about, I would not change having Down syndrome. My parents Mm. wouldn't change that. And I wouldn't change having Down syndrome. And I, I like feel like I, in my sphere of influence, I'm just saying that all the time. Like my kids have Down syndrome, and this is this is one of the best traits that they have. And right. I think people still do a big eye roll, and, and the world doesn't understand it, and society doesn't understand mm-hmm. it. But to hear people with Down syndrome say that, and granted, not everyone with Down syndrome is going to feel that way, and that's right. fine, right? We all have something about us that we wish we didn't have. Um, but to hear her say that just brought me to tears because it was like, mm. yes, girl, let's keep mm. saying that. What, yes. Who you are exactly as you are 
is yeah. so important and so impactful in this world. Kayla. Oh, and I love that too, because that's like my greatest desire for all three of my children is that they love themselves just the way mm. they are. I mean, even for totally. myself, I need that reminder, you yeah. know, like I am enough, you know, and like, yeah. I love myself and I want each one of my kids, um, to love themselves and not to want to change themselves unless it's for the better, you know, in the, in the sense of right. personality, like characteristic traits, you yeah. know, not, yeah. you know. know, that Mr. Rogers song. Sing it. Uh, Michael loves, I like Michael loves an opportunity. I like you. <laughs> I like you just the way you are. Oh, wow. That was beautiful, Micah. Uh, this is just a moment for me to remind all of our listeners. Look up Mr. Rogers singing that song. It is one of the greatest YouTube videos in history. Aww. It is the sweetest. And you will have He's a good cry. So if you <laughs> need a good cry... Find it on YouTube. Yes. We'll put it in our show notes. Okay. How yeah. cute. We'll link it. <laughs> Mr. Rogers. I feel Mr. like we Rogers. can now talk about Mr. Rogers for the next 30 minutes. I know. We now we're, we're going to change the theme should. of our episode. <laughs> Attention, Oprah. We've changed the theme of our episode today to Mr. Rogers. Oh, shoot. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I liked having Jamie on talking about inclusion mm-hmm. in the church. Oh, so and good. And her, yeah. Jamie Lee. And she was episode four. Yeah. Um, and she, a lot of people, she, we just got a lot of reactions from that. Mm-hmm. We and did. It's, I think it's disheartening and encouraging because mm-hmm. it was disheartening to see how many people are feeling like their child doesn't belong in their church community or in their faith community. Yeah. How their child with Down syndrome doesn't have a place there. But then encouraging to see women like Jamie who are like, oh, no, no, no this is what we're doing right mm-hmm, and, and right. empowering others to create to show the faith, faith communities that we need to create a space for people with down syndrome mm-hmm. more than anywhere else in in my never to be humble opinion yes <laughs> have you guys had uh good conversations with anybody in your life like around that episode i feel like i i sent it over to our our children's pastor at our church i've shared it you know, to a few different places, um, church people. And yeah, it's been really interesting to get reactions and for people to say things like, wow, I never thought about that before. Or mm-hmm. my children's pastor and I were talking about your story, Mercedes, um, that you told that was oh. so funny. What, but what's her, that, what's her focus? <laughs> what is her focus though? Strange to me. Stop I don't know what that kid's focus <laughs> is. Yeah, kid's screaming on the right over there. Cause he wants his, his mommy. What's his focus? <laughs> his bleeping focus. <laughs> uh, but I think it's so good for, for, anybody who works in a church to listen to that episode just because it it kind of wakes you up to things that i think most people don't think about in terms of church and faith communities mm-hmm. yeah and how they receive people with different abilities it made me think all the way back to season one with when we had a friendship episode with bill yeah. and heather um and that's episode five no it's not we'll We'll do something and tell you where it is. Where is it at? Episode. I don't know. But yes, it is. Episode five. Yeah, yeah, Friendship. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but Bill talked about his time at church. And I feel like mm-hmm. we either talked about it together or on the podcast. I don't remember. Just that it's so great to see a faith community recognize 
that people who have different abilities also have giftings mm-hmm. that need to be utilized and yeah. how his community of faith has recognized that and is um, fostering that and and letting not letting him serve sounds terrible but recognizing the importance of him serving and using his gift so that made yeah. me think of that episode too and yeah. that how our, our kiddos with Down syndrome have if you if you are one of faith um, and believe that we all have different um, talents and giftings that our kids with Down syndrome do too that the whole church or your whole faith community needs mm-hmm. right? that, yeah and I think I mean I think this applies for every person in a faith setting like if you are just showing up and like that's good but until you start serving and getting to care for others in that community it's like that's when your faith really begins to come alive mm-hmm. and it's the same thing for people with different abilities mm-hmm. you know you if you take the model of of taking someone with a different ability and putting them away in a, another class all by themselves then and not giving them the chance to minister themselves and be part of the greater community, then it's like you're you're keeping them from a major part of faith life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And and our faith life is suffering big time until 100%. we yeah absolutely allow Every people person. different abilities yeah to serve and be known. Yes, definitely. Yes, that was a good one. The excellent Most. one. Oh, Terry Brown. Terry Brown. Terry <laughs> Brown. You guys, I made focus spray last week. You did. I did. Did I say this Good already job. on an episode? I don't, I don't think I did. <laughs> I made focus spray. I got all my drops of lavender that she said to do. <laughs> and I put in frankincense. And then I let each of my boys make their own, choose one more scent that they wanted for themselves. They each have their own focus spray now. I love that. And now everybody is doing amazing at homework and nobody cries. I'm oh, just my kidding. Word. I'm kidding. Oh, I was like, that <laughs> is some good spray. But it smells good. <laughs> what else is in that spray, girl? I know. It's that's so good spray. <laughs> oh, shoot. Um, I, I forget until just now that I just met Terry Brown a couple months ago. I feel like I've known her forever, and she's <laughs> impacted me so significantly, friends. If you listen to that episode, which is episode three, then you know that I cried because shocker um shocker (laughs) but excuse me i have a cold by the way if you didn't notice by now that i sound like i'm stuffy but terry brown i was i cried because i gave mason as an example for writing and mason's not writing yet and she's 10 and all the things and then um i somehow managed to shenagle my way into terry brown's home twice a month now (laughs) (laughs) i feel like it was because i cried um (laughs) and so i'm taking mason and august to her house twice a month because she lives it's about an hour from where we live so it's a trek and it's during the school day so they miss school twice a month for that but the very first day that we go to miss terry brown's house and she's aware of how i feel about mason with her writing she shows me what she does for writing and she hands Mason a notepad and Mason's doing like scribble, scribble all over the place. And Terry goes, oh my gosh, Mason has everything she needs to be a great writer. And I just started crying. I just started crying and I've cried every time at her house because all she sees in my kids is potential. That's all she sees. There are no deficits. 
I mean, she doesn't even see the deficit. It is potential, potential, potential. And no one's ever reacted to, in the educational field, has ever reacted to my kids mm. the way that Terry Brown does. And it's life-changing. And don't you feel like Macy, because I see this in Sunflower, when she's at Terry Brown's house, all of a sudden she's just like, I don't know, vibrant student, like walking from Mrs. Brown with her paper to yeah. the table to do her worksheet and then brings it back to her. I'm like, oh my goodness, you little teenager. Yes. <laughs> little student teenager. A plus. <laughs> I just feel so proud. And I'm like, oh man, I wish, um, I, I wish that was uh, what full-time school looks for her. You know, totally. I just wish yeah. that was the kind of feeling confidence. Um, confidence. Yeah. I just, it, it's a really neat thing. Um, to see and to be part of and to watch. And then it leaves me also longing for that more mm, for yeah. Sunflower in yeah. her other spaces, even with OT and PT and speech, even in those spaces where they are directly looking at Sunflower and wanting her to grow, there is still that um, uh, slight opposition of, okay, we're still working on this. She hasn't met this, you know, cause they have to grade things to see where yeah. she needs to improve. Yeah. They're, Aren't any grades in Mrs. Brown's house except for A pluses? On everything. <laughs> On everything. <laughs> You're only ever getting and an A plus. Happy faces and A pluses. Yep. And so I'm just like, I like that grading scale. <laughs> I like that scale. I like that scale. I know the whole idea of teach don't test yes. sounds so simple, right. but everything our kids do in the school setting or in the educational setting is testing. It's everything. Yeah, it's not test based. And our kids, I think most kids, but I feel like especially my kiddos, and I think especially kids with Down syndrome, because things are uh, academics are normally challenging, to have that opportunity to just be successful. Oh my gosh, it's amazing, and it grows confidence, and then you see some real skills start to develop too. Terry Brown, I yeah. love her so much. Got to listen to that yeah. episode. That was amazing. So that good. episode was amazing. What else? Are we going to talk about every single episode? We just might. Micah, what was one <laughs> of your favorites, right? What would, your, I know all favorites, of those. Girl? All of those were your favorites as well. Well, I want to talk about, I mean, the the one episode that I, I wasn't really in, um, but I thought was super interesting was the marriage episode. And, um, man, I feel like that, that could go on and on and go deeper and deeper, too. But um, I loved hearing people chat about um, just the most simple ways that you can like care for your partner, make time for your partner in the midst of the chaos, especially of these like early years with Mm -hmm. a child with a different ability and how much is required. And I think like there were some parts that didn't make it into the final episode um, where Lindsay was talking about the walks that she goes on with her husband. Mm. And, um, and I just have thought about that a lot because it's, it's doable Mm -hmm. to make space for your spouse or your partner, um, in the midst of like having kids who really need you Mm. all the time. And that even, um, putting your kid in a stroller and going for a walk, of course they're in Southern California. That helps. 
It does. Walks all year long. In the evening, so we, except once a year. <laughs> yesterday, we were in a storm, you guys, a rainstorm. Guys. So we didn't know. We didn't know what, what to do. What do you do? It was very challenging. <laughs> People got wet. It was very challenging. <laughs> so if I Water accumulated. I know. At Mason School, it was like this whole big deal that they were going to have um, indoor recess, like the whole day. Like we're doing rainy day schedule. It's a rainy day schedule. Attention, attention. Like, oh, we are the worst. But yes, taking a walk or making that extra time for yourself. Yeah, it's yeah. doable. And that, yeah, I just liked the conversation around um, that, that like date night doesn't have to be get a babysitter, spend $50 right. on dinner. Right. Like, Finding time for each other can be simpler and easier than that. And that's the kind of time that actually probably makes the most difference. Mm, yep. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I went on a, a retreat with um, a, f- a friend of mine is a counselor, and she does these amazing retreats. Um, and uh, I went on one. And one of the things we talked about was the power of walking and talking and putting when you walk and talk you're putting you feel physically and mentally like you're putting um, motion into change or Hmm. change sorry change into motion so like um even the act of just walking helps you to feel like your thoughts there's some sort of change happening in your thought like you're you're making some progress that life or the situation is going to get better just one step at a time. Mm. So I feel like even in communicating with Andy and when we do get to go on those walks, we're just always like, oh, I'm so glad we had that time to talk. Or it, And it just feels like something has changed. Even if nothing yeah. has, you feel like there is change because you, you were doing it while walking. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it that's is. totally interesting. That's, really I mean, interesting. for me, when I'm writing and I'm stuck, that's what... I need to do to get unstuck is to go outside and walk or, yeah. um, or fold the laundry. What <laughs> are the two? Yeah. An, an emotion. I can see how that would be like that plays into a relationship too. Like, like getting outside of the space where you're stuck in your house and your mm-hmm. kids are crying and like, you're kind of in the same patterns of mm-hmm. behavior towards each other. Right. And getting outside of there and connecting in a different way. Mm-hmm. It's good. So good. It's, it's cool. a good thing. <laughs> oh my gosh, you are hilarious. Um, good I'm going to cough, you guys. <coughs> so Bless sorry. you, Heather. Bless Thank you. Thank you, friends. Okay, so let's talk about one more favorite thing, and then we're going to move on to some Q&A. So make it a good one, ladies. Oh, man. One oh, man. more. I have one, thing. but I won't. Micah, you do say it, it. Do it. Okay, maybe two. Okay. Okay, two. Our live event. I mean, that was I. Such I'm a blast. so. I was like having the best time um, doing our live event. You guys have so much great energy. I'm. I'm talking now as the person, a dear mom person, that you guys brought to the stage when you're like, let's go out dancing, let's <laughs> be vibrant. I just. I love that because it really shows. And now I'm coming back in as Lucky Few Pod. How we okay. do want to engage, like with. Our listeners, the moms, and how we, I don't know, how, like, doing this really, like, pumps us up. It was just so so fun fun to connect with the audience right in front of us, 
get some Q and A's face to face with people. It was just so fun, you know. Yeah, yeah. To have an yeah. audience. It, it was, was really one of fun. my favorites. <laughs> you know, I think there's something. I mean, guys are okay, whatever. But okay. I love women. I love getting to. There's. I, I love in a group of women yeah. how you can pump people up. Even the women who are like, I am not going to dance, nor shall I sing Whitney Houston with you. Um, but, but it, there's a there's a way of connecting with other women that is so cool and so fun. Yes. And that was just um, a really great moment. And I love that we're getting to do this. I love I our know. audience. I love our listeners. Same. I listen. So for those who weren't there, because this wasn't on the podcast, um, there were how many people there? 125 mm-hmm. Mercedes. Yep. And we started in the back of the room and put on a Whitney Houston song and danced our way to the stage with microphones singing and making people sing with us and dance with us. <laughs> and then we got to the stage and then we recorded. So if you, if you weren't there, you missed all that on the recording. So sorry. And we, Next time we be thought there. We, were, <laughs> we thought we were hilarious. Um, mom conference, you guys. Next time be there. <laughs> we always think we're Slightly. hilarious. We always it do, was... if you didn't notice. Uh... Uh, and everybody loved it. We don't really know this. Everybody loved it. <laughs> we feel this way Girl about shoot. ourselves, so they must. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you guys. And, and now everyone's turned off the podcast. And no one is listening. <laughs> and it's just the three of us having a blast. But I listened back to that podcast. We read letters to our past selves. And um, I I listened and I cried because it's very emotional. And it, it I cry every time I listen to these things. But mm-hmm. I just had like this overwhelming sense of gratitude to get to do this mm-hmm. podcast. To get to do it with you guys because I adore you. Mm-hmm. But also the way that we connect with the audience and the feedback that we get, um, we say it every time that we are not experts, but we love our kids and we love this community and we have a deep desire to shift the Down syndrome narrative in the little ways that we can. Yeah. So I just, I, that episode, there's something about it that when I listened back, I was like so overwhelmed with gratitude to mm. get to do this. And for everyone listening, I'm so, so thankful for our listeners mm-hmm. and that, that they've made this a thing, right? We'd yeah. be, we would just be like a silly Skype talk without without our <laughs> listeners we'd still be recording yes this would still be happening you guys yeah. wouldn't be invited to listen <laughs> but oprah wouldn't be listening oprah yet. we're still so glad you're here right well, now. in our last episode we said joanna Gaines. oh we know yeah. you're listening yeah. too <laughs> jojo this is <laughs> um did you want to say something else micah about another episode or was that the thing no that's the thing i love so that i think we need to do another live event i'm gonna name yeah. it and claim it okay let's do it Let's do another live event. It's going to Bring come season out, three. Okay. We're going to season three, a live event, TBA. And it's okay. going to be epic dancing, singing, laughing, crying. We're going to Everything do you've ever wanted. The, what's this called? The sprinkler. The sprinkler. We're going to do the sprinkler. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we may dab or floss. <laughs> there we go. We might. We might do those things. We'll have to see how good we are at those. All right, friends. I'm going to end this portion of discussing yeah. our favorite moments. So um, go back and find these episodes if you haven't listened yet, friends, or listen again, because there's so much information in each one. And thank you to all the people we had on the podcast. What uh, We're so thankful to have had you on um, for your time and your expertise. Yes. And should we talk about season three yet or do Q&A? Ooh. Let's, do, let's do some Q&A. Okay. And then come back to okay. season three. Okay, perfect. So we're going to answer a couple of questions that you our lovely followers and listeners have thrown our way 
And again, we are not experts, mm-hmm. but we have opinions and yes. we like to share them. So. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> All right, Merce, do you have a good, a good Q&A here for us? Oh, let's see. We had a whole bunch of people write into our Instagram when I put it out there. Um, how do you juggle quality time with your big kids while meeting the needs, therapy appointments, phone calls wise, of your younger child with Down syndrome? And I liked that question because I've always think, thought that there's been a different dynamic when you have, um, like, Sunflower is my oldest child and she has Down syndrome compared to or in relation to another family who their youngest has Down syndrome. And um, I don't know. That's just a, a huge, I feel like a huge difference in a way. And I know, Heather, you have but you have both. You have your oldest oh, yeah. with Down syndrome and then your youngest with Down syndrome. Yep. Um, and so that's an interesting dynamic. But for it me, is. I kind of thought I can't answer that question <laughs> directly because my oldest has Down syndrome. And um, I just always thought, I don't know, I'm diving headfirst <laughs> with no, no, <laughs> nothing to equip me as a mom. But it's kind of <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Everything I'm starting with is with you, Sunflower. And then you kind of start over again with your next child. But um I now, as each kiddo has gotten older, um, it's been a shift from making everything about Sunflower as the oldest, who usually kind of sets the tone of how what the family does, because you just start with them and the rest are just babies. I have seen the shift of like, okay, Sunflower, you did soccer this season. It's going to be Rhodes' turn to do baseball, you know, and like making sure that there's just as much time for Sunflower to sit out and support her brother in something um to show to equip her as well as a sibling because i just want there to be an as much as possible in my doing an awesome sibling relationship and i thought with this question also went back to the episode we did on therapies for Mm -hmm. like and how we talked about how it does affect the whole family. So what works for the whole family is ultimately going to benefit your child with Down syndrome, you know, um, because the family dynamic plays such a huge role, not just therapies. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if they answered it, but in my opinion, yeah. (laughs) What about you, Micah? Because you do have two older boys and your youngest has Down syndrome. I do. And you know, I've, um, it's changed some this year because last year and the other, I mean, when Ace was younger than three, my older boys were in school. And so I was able to schedule most of his therapy and all of those things during the time when the boys were at school already. And so what has changed is that Ace is in school now. And if he's doing extra therapies, which he's, he's doing private speech in addition to what he's getting at school and he's doing feeding therapy and we're going to swim class um and so that has to be mixed in in the afternoon schedule of my older boys so one of the things that like i think it's um imperfect for sure but like one of the great things is that when you have a 10 and a seven-year-old you can schedule play dates you can ask friends to pick them up from school you can like do do stuff like that where um and that's kind of what i rely on i have yeah ace ace goes to his swim class on fridays 
Brooksy is doing an after school program and August gets picked up by a friend and has a play date. Mm-hmm. And that's how we make that work. And, you know, somebody, August has basketball one day and and that's when Ace is going to speech and Brooksy has to tag along and he's bummed out. And, <laughs> and, you know, so we just kind of, but for each day we're figuring it out and it doesn't mean it's perfect. And I really mm-hmm. struggle with... Um, how much am I asking of my older boys? I, I worry because sometimes I'll say like, you guys know that Ace really needs this and this is really important for him. And, and they will, you know, they, if they have a tender spot in their heart for anything, it's for Ace. Mm -hmm. And so they will both be like, okay. But that I think there's, I can do that too much, right? I mm-hmm. yeah. I don't want there to be any kind of bitterness or right. like I asked too much of them or expected them to like drop anything so that Ace can get what he needed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I think it's just, a, we have to be wise and I have to walk, uh, it's a balancing act and mm-hmm. making sure that everybody is getting time with me, mm-hmm. um, quality time with me and time to pursue what they're excited about and mm-hmm. Um, and time to learn how to sacrifice so that their brother gets what he needs. And all mm-hmm. of those things yeah. are important. Mm-hmm. It's really great, Micah. Mm-hmm. I think our, yeah, our situation is unique because I only have one kid without Down syndrome and she's smack dab in the middle. Bless her little sweet little heart. <laughs> um, but I always wrote people, so people ask us this a lot. We get this a lot. I ask myself this constantly. (laughs) (laughs) I am more concerned about the attention she's given or not than my other two, for sure. Um, But I also have to remember, and I tell people, this is her normal. This is everyone's normal. And we're doing the best we can, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so yes, we have to... I do think you have to be aware. You have to be super intentional. But also know this this is a normal thing. This isn't like all of a sudden, life was one way and now it's another. Um. And that's the case for any, anyone who has a kid with Down syndrome, that that person in the family and the, all, all the extra that comes along in the time, that it just becomes a normal within the family as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And maybe it's acknowledgement a, it's too. Like just yeah. even like acknowledging like um, to your older kids, like, hey, you know, like I know we're doing a lot for, you know, your youngest sibling. And here's why, and I appreciate you, you know, just so yeah. they don't have to wonder in their own minds, do they see, yeah. do my parents realize that they're doing right. so much? Right. I feel like right. over communication and acknowledgement yep. could be really helpful. Totally. I, agree. I totally agree. And I think that the more that you can talk about that kind of stuff, um, and the more that your kids learn how to communicate their own feelings. And so yeah. then they can say, Hey, you've been doing all this stuff for Ace and you're not like, I feel like you're not doing this kind of thing for me. And, um, and there are times that we have that kind of conversation and we need to adjust. Yeah. And those comments sting for sure as a parent. And I think regardless of it's, if it's related to Down syndrome or not, right. For your kid to be able to communicate something like that, but also that's an amazing skill Mm -hmm. that your kid has to be able to communicate that they're feeling left out or they're feeling like they're not getting enough attention. Yeah. And I always tell people too, with True, our middle daughter, um, she gets more one-on-one dates with Josh and I than any, than the other two. Mm-hmm. 
It just she just does just because we're aware of that, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. she's and she needs it. She mm-hmm. needs it, and we're not saying to her, "Hey, truly, you're getting this extra date with dad because your siblings have Down syndrome." Right. I mean, she's seven, you know, like, and, <laughs> right. and they've had a lot of extra time. Um, we're just doing it. And yes. Yeah. Her. Yeah. And her personality a little bit is like, she she would be the person that would say, "Well, I'm not getting enough." Right. And then we would right. have to be like, "Well, actually, honey, <laughs> let's look at let's calculate the hours that we have invested oh in you this week." <laughs> let's take the calendar out. <laughs> just count here i've saved receipts yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> look at my phone you know but I do it's hard think, i think yeah. it's hard i i have i know someone who um has a really strained relationship with her mother because she has a grown sister um who's differently abled and she feels like so much pressure was heaped on her all mm. of her childhood to you know take care of her sister to do to like to carry the weight of the like family's hopes and dreams, you know, like all yeah. of those things that um, like the sibling of a child with a different ability can really carry and then go into adulthood with pressure of like, I have to be the one who takes care of her. And mm-hmm. um, I think that knowing, um, knowing that story has been a gift for me as I look at how I want to communicate with my kids and um how I want them to like, where is that balance of, of wanting them to, to care for their brother without putting pressure and Mm. giving them um, eyes to see his needs without um, giving them like any kind of burden, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a, it's hard, but I think so much of it is being aware Mm -hmm. as we're doing it and And communicating communicating yeah. and correcting as mm-hmm. we make yeah. mistakes and yeah which is just parenting which it yeah. really is parenting <laughs> yes it, it totally really is. is all right thank you for that question dear question asker <laughs> you guys sorry everyone who's listening i'm getting like extra just like a lot of congestions happening so thank you for being patient um i have a question that someone asked okay everyone ready for this one mm-hmm okay if negativity or fear about your kid's future creeps in, how do you send it away? This mm. person says her baby is four months old with Down syndrome and she struggles with fears of the future. And mm. so what do we do about those fears of the future? Mm-hmm. What do you think, Micah? Um, I think the first thing I would say is that your baby's only four months old and um, and you have probably a lifetime of our culture and society's words in your psyche mm-hmm. and in your ears about um, what it means that you have a child with Down syndrome. And as much as you are embracing the, um, like this idea of, of shifting the narrative, um, it's, it takes a while for the rest of like even if your mind and your heart are embracing it, there's mm-hmm. a lot of baggage that your the rest of you has to catch up to. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, I would say first of all, have grace with yourself that mm-hmm. you you don't need to feel guilty or ashamed that you are feeling negative about it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's super super helpful for me to have little like a little prayer or a little thing that I turn around in my, in my head when I catch myself having those negative, what, you know, whatever it is, if 
if it's any kind of negative feeling, um, to to just say, I like I we we talked at the the live event um, about I receive I receive my child mm-hmm. I receive my child, and there is you can a parent at any stage can dwell in negative feelings of fear about what our child will be. We, whether they have a different ability or not, there are a thousand things for us to worry about. And, um, and so I, since that event, since that letter, I've, that prayer has been in my mind a lot more with all three of my kids. Um, whenever I've had moments of fear, um, I've been able to say, I receive my child. And even this past week, when I've had thoughts about um, being afraid of where Ace's um, verbal skills are at, I've been able to just like do have a moment of release and saying, if Ace never speaks, we're gonna be okay. I mm-hmm. We love him, we receive him. And um, I think there's a way to do that. And But also to go, hey, I've been a mom of this child for four months and I, I get to feel everything that I feel yeah. and have grace with myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. This question really struck a chord with me because it brings me back to why we're doing this podcast at all mm-hmm. and I to shift that narrative. And I've um, written about this and I've talked about this before about this vision I have when a woman gets a in utero diagnosis in the hospital and like walking out of the hospital or out of the doctor's office, like, oh my gosh, I get a kid with Down syndrome and people being like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Congratulations. And I used to feel really silly saying that out loud because it is just complete opposite of mm-hmm. what happens today. But I, but I really do hold that vision somewhere, right? Like that, mm-hmm. that is somewhere that happens down the road. Um, and no, and yes, we're feeling terrified because everything's new and different and it's unexpected and the unexpected is scary and the unknown is scary, but because we are doing the work of shifting the narrative and, and there are so many moms who have come, parents who have come before us and who are doing the work now, um, that we can shed a light on what it means to have a child with Down syndrome. And, and it does still mean that it's going to be different, right? And it's going to be hard, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be bad, um, Mm -hmm. that our life is going to be so rich because of that. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's just a slow movement to get there. So to this person who asked this question, everything Micah said, listen to all of that, have so much um, kindness and grace for yourself. And I mean, when my kids, when Mason came home, especially, it would just hit me like a wave out of nowhere, Mm -hmm. just being terrified for her future and not having any clue what it was going to look like. And would she be A, B, C, D, you know, fill in the blank. And then coming to a place in myself, in my own heart, of like all of those blanks that I fill in doesn't even matter. She Mm -hmm. has value and worth and uh, beauty just by being herself. And like, how do we get there as, as a society, you know, Mm -hmm. how do we get to that place of, Oh, it doesn't matter what your kid can or can't do is or isn't look at the value and worth that they have just as they are. Mm -hmm. Um, And then taking it a step further and saying, and they get down syndrome. Oh my gosh, you're so lucky. Yeah. You know, (laughs) how, getting to that point so that's why we're doing the work we're doing right ladies amen <laughs> hallelujah right and because we're having fun and um, okay i'm fun. gonna and because we're hilarious and because we're hilarious and because oprah and joanna are coming okay <laughs> season three Here's... 
Season three, when we invite season. Oprah and Joanna. Let's talk about season three. Yes. Okay. Announcement. We are going to do a third season. First Woo-hoo. announcement. Yay. <laughs> um, so we're, you guys keep listening. We're going to keep showing up. Yeah. And like we said, if you don't listen, we are showing up. <laughs> we're still showing up. <laughs> but what we're going to do for season three is we're going to have a theme of, ready? Owning your influence. Owning your sphere of influence. And we're going to be talking to and interviewing people who have huge influence where they're at within the Down Syndrome community. And then people who who their influence is unknown except for those who are being influenced. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. they're yeah. doing such hard work, but there's not a TV watching them or there's not a news station or there's not a, a hundred thousand people on Instagram or whatever. Um, and so we want to be looking at all of those people and we want to be empowering all of the listeners to every day step into your sphere of influence mm-hmm. and do this narrative shifting work that we know you're already doing. Mm-hmm. So that's season three. Do you guys you're want to so say anything excited. about that? I'm so excited. But we love that idea. we've already been talking about who we want to have on yeah we have some really great ideas and we can't wait for and we hope that they want to show up (laughs) that's right that's right you guys could email us people that you think you would love to hear from absolutely right Mm -hmm. we would love that Mm -hmm. yeah besides us so that's going to be season three and when is season three going to drop we don't Ooh. know. Stay tuned. <laughs> that <laughs> is, a, that is the question. <laughs> Everything's a surprise. But you're going to be excited when it does. And between now and then, re-listen to episodes, share them with your neighbors, your friends, your teachers, your grandmas, everyone, the whole world. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Do it. And, yes. and now, friends, it is time for the sweetest, our favoritest, the the most beautifulest time of every episode of the Lucky Few Podcast. Good news. Wow. <laughs> that was beautiful. That was a new octave. That was a new octave, Micah. Hi. <laughs> All right, All right, some good news from each of us, and then we're going to hear from people who called in. We're just out of control laughter now. Okay. Micah Mercedes, good news. What do you got for us, friends? Um, my friends, um, my close friends, Lisa and Mike, they have three boys, and they are done with the home study process of their adoption, and they are awaiting family, and um, they're today waiting to hear back on two potential kiddos. So that's with my Down opinion. syndrome. Yes, they're adopting. Oh my god, they're intentionally yeah. adopting a child hey. with Down syndrome. I know. <coughs> so oh I'm just gosh, thinking about them exciting. nonstop. Yes. Ooh, tell us. Tell us in the show notes what happened. Okay. (laughs) TBD. This is exciting. TBD. TBA. Oh, yeah. TB announced? I don't know. Yes, TBA. I don't know. That's great, Marissa. I love it. Micah, what do you got for us today? Um, I just, my good news is that I had parent-teacher conference, just a regular old parent-teacher conference for ACE on Monday. And just sat down with his two teachers, and we just talked about how much we love Ace. We just like 
couldn't stop talking about things we loved about oh, him. Yes. And I love I love his teachers. I still continue yeah. to just be over the moon that we got them <laughs> and that they love him the way they do. So, so important. So yeah. good. Uh, my good news is we had a really great play date with Macy's friend, Macelyn. I'm Mason. I just and love Lynn. that it's Mason. I do too. And they're too. both named Macy. That's the cutest. They're I both love the cutest. And Macy, Mason Lynn, um, she's so wonderful. She's such a good friend. She loves Macy. Macy loves her. And they get along really great. And she's a godsend. She's literally an answer to prayer uh, this school year. And so we had our second play date just a few days ago. And um, it was great. It was a huge success. They had a great time. That's so, so fun. Oh my gosh, it's like all I need. And her teacher, Macy's teacher, just told me that she had to separate them in class because they are like two peas in a pod. And <laughs> Macelyn. So excited. <laughs> Macelyn wants to do everything for Mason. Oh, and, yes. <laughs> and so, so that's also good news. And the teacher's like, no, that's not happening. And Mason will let her. They said yes. that the other day at lunch, Mason has this like lunch container that has these little side hooks on it. I don't know how to explain it. And she can do it. It's fine motor. It's a challenge, but she can for sure do it. And that the other day, um, they sat down at the lunch table together and my Macy just slid her lunch without talking over to Maislin. <laughs> and Maislin just opened it without missing a beat and slid it back over to Macy. <laughs> so I Mason, love that. You're such a stinker. Just, so I love that. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have some people who have called in and left some good news. And we're, in season three, we're going to be doing more of this. We want you to hear your voices. So listen to this good news from some of our followers. Hi, my name is Heather Bird, and I have plenty of good news about my son, Zeke, who is three. Uh, but I wanted to share some good news um, from another family that I um, of a text I received. Um, and to preface this, I received this text um, around the start of school when I was seeing lots of posts on social media and stories a lot from Heather um, about the worry that comes with your kids at school and being able to have true friendships. Um, so I received this text from a friend of ours and somebody in our neighborhood um, and she said, hey Heather, on the first day of school I asked Aurora who she sat with at lunch. She told me she sat with a boy that looked like Zeke and she shared her cherry tomatoes with him. She wanted to make sure I packed the tomatoes again the next day because he really liked them. I asked his name and she didn't know, so the next day she shared her tomatoes again and found out that his name is Dawson. She loves to play with him at recess because they try and chase butterflies. During these chats, Joseph and Holden, those are her older boys, have joined in because they know his sister. It has been so sweet to hear my kids and their love for Dawson. Thanks for sharing your sweet Zeke with our family. Um, so that text prompted me to find um, Dawson's family and find his mother just to let her know that he was doing okay at school and he had some friends. Um, it took me a lot of months, um, and but just a week ago I did find her and sent her that text and her reply was, this is so awesome, I seriously cried. I am always so worried about him and kids being mean. Thank you so much for sharing this with me. Um, so I just thought that was good news all the way around, um, both from the kids who friended Dawson because they just truly wanted to be his friend, um, and for his mom who was able to hear um, that good news. Hi, my name is Laura, and I was calling to share some good news. Um, 
So first off, I want to say I love your old podcast. You make me laugh. You make me smile. You make me think. You make me want to advocate for my daughter more. And it's just so much fun. But back to my good news. So this year, I started volunteering at my daughter's school. She's in kindergarten. And it was kind of a selfish reason because I kept thinking, Scarlet's too. She's going to be at that school soon. And we want people to know who her family is and to be willing to work hard and fight for her and love her. And I just wanted to kind of start building a community. So my job at the school is I help the young, the kindergartners read. And I was given one little girl to help read. And my daughter had told me about her. She's friends with her and she says she doesn't speak. And the girl literally has not said one word the entire school year. So the young lady comes out in the hallway and I go through the book with her and she doesn't say a word and I tell her she does great and I send her back in the classroom and I start talking to the teacher and the assistant and I'm like, so we can figure out what's in her brain. So am I allowed to teach her how to read this book in sign language? And they're like, you can try anything you want. She hasn't said a word all year. Um, any strategy you want to try, it's fine with us. So a few days later, I go back to the school and I teach her the signs for the book. And a young lady reads the entire book to me in sign language, the entire thing. I showed her a couple times how to do it. She read the entire book on her own in sign language. I have video to prove it. And her teacher was so proud of her. And I just keep thinking to myself, if it wasn't for Scarlett, I would not know sign language. And I wouldn't even think to try a different strategy to help this girl be successful. So my good news is not only is Scarlett having Down syndrome being a positive influence in my life and my family's life, but it's also positively influencing our community. So anyway, thank you for listening to my good day. Hi, this is Meredith Hall, and I am from Amarillo, Texas. Um, my Instagram account is Meredith, the letter A, my last name Hall, it's all scrunched together. Um, okay, so my good news is I have an 18-month-old named Hudson, and Hudson, just in the last week, finally transitioned himself into sitting, which we have been working on for months, it feels like. He's been able to sit, but he finally can actually transition himself to sitting, which we're very excited about. And also, um, this is just a fun fact. So Micah, um, I have met your mom because we're in Amarillo and we've done a lot with the Panhandle Down Syndrome Guild, which Micah's mom is really involved with. So that's been a fun connection here in Amarillo. So thanks for your podcast. I love listening. Bye. We are back. And that is just a reminder to everybody that we love to hear your voices and we will be receiving your good news even between now and season three. So continue to call and leave us, leave us voicemails. We want to hear your voices and we are going to jump over to a word from our sponsor and we'll be right back to say and remind you of our love for you. The Lucky Few podcast is sponsored today by Little Passports. 
the perfect holiday gift for curious kids of all ages. Little Passports delivers fun-filled packages right to your door every month with engaging, hands-on activities, interactive projects, and unique souvenirs just waiting to be discovered. The monthly subscriptions are designed to spark children's curiosity about geography, world cultures, or science, from exploring sea creatures in Costa Rica to building a big bend like the one in England, or making an ancient Greek headpiece. Every month is a different adventure that will fuel their imagination and spark their natural curiosity of the world around them. My kids got the science expedition, and I spent a really sweet afternoon with my seven-year-old extracting the DNA of a strawberry, which I never knew you could do, but now I learned some things. Seriously, if you need some new creative ways to engage with your kids, this is it. The perfect kit for kids ages 3 to 13 this holiday season. Find special holiday offers and order today for holiday delivery at littlepassports.com slash lucky. All right, friends. So we are back and this has been such a fun episode and such a fun season. Micah and Mercedes, thank you for doing this with me mm-hmm. and being my friends and being showers of worth and being so pretty. That's helpful. Uh, Just kidding. Thanks, <laughs> you are both very pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I'm kidding about the helpful part. You helpful. are very beautiful. <laughs> we do. Yeah. No, go ahead. Heather. Okay. It's been such a fun season and we can't wait for season three to drop. Um, so stay tuned. Be following us on Instagram, on all the social media areas where we are the lucky few pod on social media and luckyfewpodcast.com. And stay tuned for when season three is going to drop and the exciting guests we're going to have on. But until then... A humongous thanks to our editor and producer, Andy Lara, the best, the one, the only Andy life on the podcast world happens because of you, Mm -hmm. um, to our sponsor, Littlest Passports and all of you who have shared the lucky few podcasts with friends and listened faithfully and cheered us on. It means more to us than you'll ever know. So don't forget to subscribe, um, and to leave a review. And to share with your friends on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And we will see you next season on the Lucky Few Podcast. Bye. Bye, friends. Bye. We love you. We love you. We miss you. Merry Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Happy New Year. All all the things. Happy holidays. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Lucky Few Podcast. Review our show on iTunes and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all social media at the Lucky Few Pod. Subscribe on our website for ongoing updates at theluckyfewpodcast.com. Tell us about your good news by leaving us a voicemail or text at 424-442-9147. Our show is edited and produced by Andy Lara at andylikeswords.com. See you next time.